Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Tunaris podcast. Um we've recently moved into our new studio down in the marina. Check it out. <laughs> oh, Joe. Joe's our first guest. Do you like um, what we've done with the place? Unreal. Yeah, yeah, it looks really well. You know, the signs, the logos, fair play to uh, Cool Grey. They've done a fantastic job on the yeah. vinyls and the logos and everybody else who helped out here, yeah. really, you know. Yeah. But um, no, we're, um, we're down in the marina. It's our new home. Yeah. And it looks fabulous. And Rome will have plenty of pictures up on Instagram and yeah. Facebook or whatever else he yeah. does his magic on. <laughs> but anyway, going back to the, the seriousness, um, this week is Health and Safety Week within the construction industry. And yesterday, was, which was Tuesday, was Mental Health Day. And myself, James, Joe O'Brien and Connor O'Connell from the CIF Southern uh, Southern area had a chat about mental health and there was a lot about addiction within the workforce as well, within the construction workforce. Mm. But we also thought it was a great idea to have Joe back here again today to have a chat with him and here he is, Joe O'Brien. Brilliant guys. Um, firstly, thank you so much for inviting me on again this evening to talk about a very, very important topic, mental health and well-being in the construction industry, yeah. which has not been addressed, which has been brushed under the carpet for many, many years. And you know, guys, I've been banging on doors for years to get this out there and to get people more aware, especially main contractors, of um, how important it is to address mental health in the workplace. Mm. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Your, your second appearance. Thank you. You're our first guest in our new studio, so we're honoured to have you down. Um, it's a big milestone for us, um, but it's very timely as well because it does coincide with ment- uh, the health, of f- health and safety week within the construction industry, and a part of that is, like, when we think of health and safety, we think of, you know, um, making sure the scaffolding is okay, making sure you've got your hard hat on, that you're not tripping over wires, that you're picking up your tools, that you're not kicking, that you have your nets under your scaffold. No, practical things that are very important, but just as important is people's mental health and well-being. Because if you have uh, a safety pass and a manual handling, and you're the most careful man on a building site, but you're going home then and you're drinking, you're drowning your sorrows in vodka, or snorting your wages on a Friday night. Mm, or gambling. Know? Gambling yeah. the minute. Like so many men 
So many men go straight to the bookies when they're paid on a Friday and they walk out penniless an hour later and then they go home to a wife to tell her they either lost their wages or the boss never paid them or whatever it may be and it's behind the counter inside the bookies and the reason yeah. I'm saying this is because I've done it. Yeah. I've done it a lot of times but it's listen these are areas that aren't spoken about about mm. enough and mm. that's why we've Joe here again today is to speak yeah. about the mental health and how it is within the industry and well-being how yeah. it is within the industry yeah. and maybe let's talk about a few t- areas where it could be improved and how, and a few ideas where we think it should should happen yeah do you know yeah can i ask key questions because yeah. you've got a savage amount of experience in the construction industry I have very little i have a bit i'm not completely ignorant but i've worked on sites myself but uh you've 30 40 years, 40 years. and to me the ones 20 30 mm. have you seen um the construction industry change or how has it changed over the time the, like the pressures that men face has it changed or has it always been there you know no, it's changed. An awful lot more pressure, an awful lot of stress that guys are carrying today because, number one, of targets. And we all know that companies need to make money and targets mm. need to be met. But I believe that the companies are going around it the wrong way. Number one, the crack is gone. The crack is gone from the site, you know. And we live and thrive on the crack. Everybody had a crack on site, but no, that's mm. after being stemmed. It's like the heart and soul has been dragged out a lot of men on sites today. And you can, I can blatantly see it, to be honest with you, because it's not so long ago since I, I, I finished up in the construction. Mm. And uh, it's right in my face every single day of the week, you know, mm. um, affecting guys in a detrimental way. I mean, let's put it this way. Statistically, a quarter of all construction uh, workers have thought of taking their own lives. Mm. A quarter. Every that, every four person like that doesn't bear thinking about you know. And I'd say, James, I'd say them figures are probably bigger, you know, because the industry is completely rampant with all, all forms of addiction, and like we all know, what comes with addiction, poor mental health. Why why is it such a big like? Why is it so rampant with mental health and addiction? Why is it the pressures of meeting deadlines and the pressures put on the workers? I know people do long hours, sometimes six days of the week, sometimes even longer again. Mm. Is that, that the crux of it? Or? That's the crux of it, yeah, but there's, there's a lot of other factors, underlying factors, and some of those underlying factors are um, issues outside their workplace, and I think everybody would agree with that. I mean, pre-COVID, everything was going great, and then when COVID kicked in, and you rightly said yesterday, guys, um, guys that were, were having a drink maybe on the weekend, we're now having drinks two or three times a day, mm. a week, sorry, yeah. and then it would progress to maybe every night of the week. Now, alcohol is very cheap today to buy from the off-license and some of the supermarkets, and it's easily accessible. Mm. And, you know, you get into this state that you've put yourself into, and that's one thing that whoever's watching this podcast, you must take full responsibility for your actions and how you're feeling at this moment in your life, mm. and you're the only person that can turn that around. You can get help from everybody under the sun. But if you don't step up to the plate and say, you know something, I see the error of my ways. I take full responsibility and know I'm willing to change in order mm. to change my life. Only until then, nothing's going to change. Mm. So like one of my favorite quotes, and you've heard me say this before, and whoever is watching it, I'd like him to repeat it. And that is, if I always do what I've always done, 
I will always get what I've always gotten. Mm. So what does that tell you? It tells you if you are doing the same thing all the time and you are getting the same results, albeit more than likely negative, then what do you have to do? Mm. Change what you're doing, get a routine going, be proactive in your mental health mm. and start to train your mental health on a daily basis and start that from the first time you open your eyes in the morning by getting a proper and serious routine going and stick with it. Doesn't isn't there a little bit of responsibility there so to the organisations within the construction industry, not just here in in England and everywhere else, <coughs> for them to educate the workforce a little bit first around addiction and mental health problems and well being, isn't it? Like a lot of guys, a lot of guys in the in the construction industry may have no no education. A lot of them mightn't even be able to read. You know, and, and it's not going to be very easy for these guys to get educated around feelings and emotions and thoughts and how, how everything works together. But why not educate the workforce and tell them, mm. show them how to, how to look out for, for, for problems and how, how to help them and to, to recover from all forms of addiction, mental health and mm. well-being problems, you mm. know. We, there needs to be something in place and we spoke about it yesterday, about maybe a safe p- pass, right, where there's a mental health education mm. integrated back into that safe pass. It's all about health and safety, yeah. right? How many people die in the Irish building sites a year? Four, five, right? Mm. The numbers have cut dramatically since they introduced that. If you look at how many guys take their own life within... I know. the construction industry on a yearly yeah. basis that is like we the numbers in this country aren't adequate because we have no resource on it and we spoke about no that yesterday the, the statistics aren't there and this is why I had to bring that up yesterday that um, two construction workers a day take their own lives in the UK two a day mm. that is affecting two families for the rest of their lives 454 construction workers take their life a year in the UK mm. it's just it's, it's heartbreaking yeah. it's, it's heartbreaking that one dead is enough but 454 plus I know we're going into the winter nights mm. and we all know what happens when those dark nights close in on us yeah. we think things are bad nowhere until the winter comes in I mean the construction worker nobody, lo- nobody looks at the construction with empathy or compassion there's very few people that do but the amount of years I had to get up out of bed at five and a half, five and six in the morning to go into a wet building site, you know, mm-hmm. plastering gable ends and stuff in the rain, piddling down on top of me and my other workmates and stuff and just getting through it, you know. And it's the same with all the masons and the chippies out there and everybody else that's working on the outside in construction today. They have all that to face in the coming months, you know. But Nobody what, thinks about that. But yeah. the, the, the thing about that too is we're looked upon within society as well as the masculine workforce, the really tough men, like the construction yeah. industry is made of really, really strong men. No, they may be physically strong, but a lot of men in the construction industry are mentally like, like they're, they're barely coping. And, mm. and what keeps them from coping on a daily basis is the thought of maybe going into the pub for a few points at the end of the day yeah. until the following morning where they have to do it all again. There's so many men just like that. Mm. They finish at five, their routine is straight to the pub until ten, mm. get their food <coughs> on the way home, 
Roir inte berker upp next morning that's it come Saturday and Sunday during the pub Roir drinking or using in the pub and gambling in all the bookies mm. the reason I'm saying this is because that was my life mm. that's the life I lived as well and you know a lot of people still in it still you know it's, and it's like it's, it's just a thing it's just a thing that happens within the workforce and do you think that there's more people in the construction workforce like that than in relation to other workforces like you know, so again, James? It's, it's right across the board. I, yeah. I even got a text earlier on today from a chap um, in the haulage business. Yeah. He said that yours the same in the haulage business. So I texted him back. He said something that needs to be addressed in the future, you know. I wonder, is it the tough working conditions? It's that as well. It? It's that as well. It's, it's lack of respect in a lot of, lot of ways as well, you know. We, we can talk yeah. about the bullying as well that mm-hmm. goes on in sites later yeah. on for that matter, you know. But I, like what you just said there... It's an industry where you don't really need to use your brain too much. There's not that much technology for construction workers, right? That you do need to use your brain. You do, but not. It's, listen, not, it's not a practical yeah, industry, yeah, yeah. okay? It's it's, it's very just a practical. Path to the brain. And it's a way of learning, right? We learn in that industry through repetition physically, yeah. okay? By looking at something practically and just knowing it off by heart, right? If, if a lot of construction workers, if you brought them into a computer room, a lot of them wouldn't be able to sit there yeah. and, and go on a computer for, you know? Yeah. That's why we like to be kept going. We like to be working. We like to be up and down scaffolds. We like to be, like in my case, I like to be up on the roof, making a roof or inside, putting in a kitchen or fixing the stairs or whatever mm. it may be because it keeps my mind busy. Mm. And that's where it comes in for a lot of the guys as well in the industry. And, and it goes back to what we were speaking about COVID there earlier on about when COVID picked, came in and the whole country went into lockdown and there was over 200,000 construction workers were sent home from work one day, like, mm. and their yeah. routine was completely taken from James. A lot of them men need to be kept going, mm. right? And the pubs were closed also, so they were at home with their thoughts, mm. you know, bored. What do they do, Joe? Turn to substance, you know. It's a sense of relief. Mm. It's to stem the pain from not having that routine. And you spoke about that while ago about how you can get into into a routine. A routine starts off, and then it becomes habitual, mm. and then it's very difficult to break out of that habit. But the only way to move forward in life is to break yourself back out of that habit, and that comes down to training of of mental strength again. And the mental strength, f- for me personally, going back. You're not aware of this, lads, but I wanted to take my own life going back a few years ago. And I suffered my own mental health and well-being. And I talk about this when I give talks to companies, but I'd been brought to a point in my life where I just had enough. Like, What age you, Joe? It's going back when the downturn, 2013. Go mm. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was horrendous for me, personally, you know. There was, there was no work there. Financial stress. Financial, yeah. Daughter mm. going to college, mm. paying the mortgage. Um, everything got on top of me but like any other man I didn't open my mouth mm. you know I kept my mouth closed because I was afraid in case I'd be frowned upon and this is where the stigma comes in why guys don't speak today yeah. I'd encourage anybody out there that's going through a tough time to speak I didn't speak about it I, I don't know where I got the strength from but that strength catapulted me to where I am today mm. what I do as a speaker as an, as, as an energy therapist helping me yeah. so I'm very grateful for the time that I did go through back then because it's made me who I am. Mm. And 
the first thing I'll say when I give a talk to somebody, I'll write on the board, remember these two words because I'm going to bring it up at the end. Mental strength. Mm. It's everything. We were down in Pafalvi's a few weeks ago. You know, the mountain now, mm-hmm. world famous. He mm-hmm. was in the construction industry for years. That's right, yeah. He employed a lot of people from the north side and that. And uh, in the 1980s with the recession, he was telling us that uh, he lost everything and he couldn't pay the boys his wages and mm. the shame of it. Mm-hmm. and he was driving himself into the river and something just stopped him before the river he didn't tell nobody now because like people in men in construction industry men in general but I think men in, there's a lot of it around honour you know mm-hmm. hard days work good days pay and honest days pay and all this and you want to honour that do you know what I mean and when a, const- a contractor or employer can't honour that and you know they're after giving their fucking their hair grafting and you can't pay mm-hmm. them I can imagine it gets on top, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. how do I turn up and tell him I don't have the money? And, but anyway, he was able to turn it around himself and right. he got his mental health and, and peace of mind back as well. Mm. But I can see, like, there's also, like, there's the, the, the financial stress, but there's also, like, like what Timmy said a while ago, if your construction work can be hard and all your energy goes into it, Right, but it keeps you busy, keeps you fit and healthy, and gives you purpose up early home in the evening. Blah blah blah. You take that away. What are you left with? Who am I? What am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And people get very heavily invested in their trade. Do you know? Mm. And if the trade is gone, what am I going to do? Go back? Like, am I going to go back and do a degree? Like, my I can't. Do you know? It's, yeah. it's not that they can't do it, but they feel like they can't do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that energy that they use in the physical actions within the industry turns into energy in the mind where the, they use all the energy for thought mm. and a lot of the times it could be negative thought or critical thought about themselves yeah. and that's what happens and then when people feel bad about themselves they're going to look for an outside something outside Again, yeah. a drug an yeah. alcohol just to take them away from the place mm. of being and that's what happens that's what happens and Tim is right in what he's saying like, but um. Everything starts in a state of consciousness and we create our own reality by the thoughts that we think. So the self-affirmation about oneself is of paramount importance because it does lower your energy levels uh, dramatically and it does lower what's called your vibration. Mm. So if you're constantly being negative within your self-dialogue and it's repetitive on a daily basis that the fact that I'm not good enough, I'll never amass to anything, thoughts like that, then you're going to be, how do I put it? you're going to put yourself into such a negative, detrimental mm. state of mind mm. that it's going to be extremely difficult to pull yourself back out of it. So one of the first things I would say to a client of mine or if I was giving a talk to somebody is be very, very careful how you speak about yourself because everything that follows I am, the two most important words in the English dictionary, everything that follows I am you become. So be very careful what follows I am mm. is positive. If you feel yourself that you're, you're delving into the negativity of saying something, for instance, which is paramount, everybody that comes to see me is, I'm not good enough. If you feel that you're thinking and you're affirming that to yourself, as soon as you feel that, pull right back and say, hang on a second, I am good enough. Mm. Now, you mightn't believe it at the start, but over a period of time, when you keep pulling yourself back and say, I actually am good enough. So the more that you tell yourself and the more that you believe and you perceive yourself to be, the more you become it. And that changes your attitude. And when you change your attitude, then you get into a better frame of mind. You can create a better routine and you can pre-pave the day then in a better positive way 
every single day of your life, this is where the mental strength comes in. Mm. And everybody needs to work on their mental strength. And don't be expecting it to happen for them. You need to put the hard work in. Mm. Look at the two of you guys. Look what you've done. It's a testament. You know, mm. it's an absolute testament. Anybody can do it if you're strong enough to put the work in. Yeah, do you know who's a great role model as well for for that type of uh, attitude? Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Tyson Fury a few weeks ago? Annihilate yeah. the, you know, the for the third, third time in yeah. a row, really. Like, mm-hmm. But where he's come from, and he says it like what you said there, he said, I'm not special. I'm just like everybody else. <laughs> but I go training every day, and mm-hmm. I turn up for life, and I do my mm-hmm. whatever he does. And he can achieve big things. Great attitude. He's mm. an incredible person. Unreal, incredible isn't he? person. He and is. he's just like he's a traveller man. He's from mm. Irish family. Mm-hmm. He's been in addiction, mental health, mm. overweight, last mm-hmm. ten stone, got himself into recovery, doing his therapy, back to the gym, mm. and he just believes that I am the best in the world and I can do this. Yeah. We don't all have to be heavyweight champion of the no. world, no. But you can conquer your own things, like yeah. like mm-hmm. like Pat for five said to us, he says. You've conquered your Everest, or the studio now is your goal. Do you know mm. what I mean? This is mm-hmm. bringing up another notch. Like, yeah. and what's the next one now? Do you know? It's brilliant. Yeah, and like everybody has their own things that they can strive for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And every every goal, right, that you face and you overcome through fear and change, will bring you on to the next level of stuff, next mm. level of of change, because every previous step that you've met goal aim whatever it may be has gotten you ready right emotionally and mentally for the next area Mm. and i'm a firm believer that you're given what you need at that moment and the minute you start fighting it you're losing the battle you know surrender straight into it accept it for what it is if you're powerless over it and just go with it like the serenity power 100%. 100%. 100%. I accept where I am. I accept mm. how I'm feeling. I accept what's going on in my mind and in my body. And I offer no more resistance. Mm. Great words, yeah. Tim. Uh-huh. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Accept the things I cannot accept change. It. Just yeah. accept. And, and what I would say to anybody watching or listening to the podcast that may be going through a tough time, embrace it, feel it, and just release and let it go. What, what would you say to somebody that looks at accepting negative circumstances as being passive or... Um, defeatist in attitude no that's showing your true strength your perfection is in your imperfection your values in your quality whatever you're feeling just express it mm. no matter what and your inner strength will come to the forefront and that will show you exactly who you are the true essence of who you are as a human being because we all go through something in our lives of negativity everybody does but those are just experiences I've had, I've had a couple of guys come to me I've had a guy come to me several months ago a young apprentice and uh, it was a breakup in a relationship. And he said, sure, I want to take my own life. You know? So I said, let's call him John, right? Not his real name. So I said, look, John, I said, um, I understand. I said, but look, we got to feel through this now. Worked through it, right? Bang, bang, bang. And I said, look, John, I said, if everybody goes through a negative experience in their lives, over whatever reason it may be, mm-hmm. and they want to take their own lives, and they do take their own lives, I said, there'll be nobody left on the planet. I said, because everybody goes through something at some time in their lives. And this will allow us to grow from these negative experiences that will create so much positivity in us. And then you say, what am I meant to learn from this experience? So what he's learned from that experience, and he, he left and he contacted me again. 
a while after that and he goes, Joe, you won't believe what's after happening. Um, I moved on just like you said, I'd be able to move on. I've met the most wonderful person, he said, and I'm just absolutely besotted. And so is she with me. So I'm looking back at the relationship that I had, he said. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it wasn't meant for me. You know, just accept yeah. what is and let go. Yeah, that's a very true saying, really, going back to what you were saying about relationships and stuff like that. I've came across a number of people in recent years that have gone through relationship breakups mm. and I've always tried to come to them in a subtle way and just tell them whatever pain you're feeling, no, just listen, just go with it and try to feel it because I guarantee it is in 12 months and 6 months or in 2 years down the line we'll have this conversation again and you'll say that was the best thing that ever happened yeah. mm. that was the app but at the time we don't we don't feel like that because we feel we're after being especially if it's a male our ego can be dented if a female leaves us we feel like we're not adequate or we're not mm. good enough or, yeah. or, or we're not macho enough or man enough or whatever it's a big thing for a man we're, we're fragile creatures like we are, we are. Yeah. and you know what it's, this is my belief that the female will always be stronger than any male mm. right and women are emotionally stronger than men you know and I was listening to something recently there, I think it was Eckhart Tolle was saying something about um about men and the and just and and the belief that God is a man, yeah. you know, with a beard and long hair. I know. And he said he said, Forget about all that. He said, God is none of them. God is not even a fucking a vision something that you can see tangible, you know, it's not it's just the concept of God is is, is just there yeah. is your belief through your 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 culture but the real god is just it's in within every one of us yeah. and, and we all get a chance to kind of Gillian, see it Gillian is it over there sitting yeah. behind us on the couch in the she's green laughing. backstage she's, if we yeah. can call it backstage or the green room but she's reading a book at the moment yeah. called invisible women mm. and it's about how women have been moved out of history really mm. yeah. but it's kind of like what you're talking about yeah. who says god is a big white man with a big long ray beard mm-hmm. because the strong and the winners create history and men are physically stronger than women so they can we can make them subordinate to us but that doesn't mean that they are they're mm-hmm. probably like what you're saying mm-hmm. they probably are way more powerful look at it like this James look at it why are women the ones that bear kids and bring kids up because they have to pay more patience than men. Because yeah. I know I wouldn't last two days being at home anyhow raising a load yeah. of kids. But you know, if you're looking even back through history, and this was on the documentary we seen the other day. And I'm not trying to be fucking yeah. feminist. No, but if you're looking that. at back through history, you know, <coughs> um, the hunter-gatherers are... But it was all... Everything is kind of named after men. This is what the men was doing at the time, so this is what that period of history is. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who's, where was the women? What was the women doing? Raising kids, yeah. mating kids, looking after yeah. the village. They were doing all the, all the hard work. Yeah. The men was fighting fucking wars and tearing lumps out of mm. each other. But the men was, the women was the ones that was actually keeping the show on the road. Yeah. But we'll look back and we'll celebrate, you know, Trojans and Spartans and all these things. But well, well, what about the women? They don't, behind them. They it's don't, you know, but they're not written yeah. into history. The That's women behind yeah. all these big heroes are yeah. the ones who are the real heroes. I was going to say they don't know your place, Gillian, but it was probably inappropriate. Gillian. She wasn't invisible then. Oh. 
being the one to pick them up every time they fall down. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's, that was my case. That you brought um, up the topic about women there, and not to take from and with due respect yeah. to women that work in the construction yeah. industry. Yeah. There is a large percentage yeah. of women that do work in the percentage in, in in the construction industry, and all the effects that we're speaking about that affect the male populace will affect certain amounts of the females that work in construction. Now, I'm not mm. necessarily saying that they're out in the in the, in the lash and rain laying blocks and stuff and if they are fair play to them you know yeah, what I mean yeah, I or if they're plastering whatever but there is an aspect that some of the the aspects that we have spoken about will affect some of the ladies in, in mm-hmm. the construction industry I'd as a, well I had a family member that was a female apprentice electrician brilliant and she went to Dublin on her block release um, to one of the colleges I think up there but she was house sharing with a few other apprentice electricians there was savage bullying went on and uh, they locked her into the hot press, yeah. and you know, just. Um, but you went, you touched on bullying there earlier on. Yeah. Is it rife? Yeah. Rife, from apprentices right up in, up to mature men. Go out there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I'm saying that now. I, one thing's coming to mind. I gave a talk two years ago in a major, major pharma company, and the guy approached me after after the talk. And uh, everybody was gone out of the room, and um, I could see he was after it. His eyes were welling up with tears. And he just said, um, you saved my life this morning, Joe. It's, it's not about me now, as I'm just telling you a story, right? Yeah, yeah. And I go, sorry, buddy. He says, you won't believe, he said, what I've been going through. And I said, come over here. And he started crying. So I put my arms around him, I gave him a hug. I didn't know who the man was. But that's what showing compassion for another human being is mm. you either have it or you don't I felt for that man you know mm. I gave him a hug and I got emotional myself with him I said come on over here and sit down I just asked him his name and he told me I said you know what's what's going on he said I was actually going to take my own life this morning Joe he said I shouldn't be here he said I got disturbed at half past six this morning when I was just about to do it mm. and I was like okay he said I shouldn't be here and I came in to work and as I walked in I put on that mask that every fella puts on yeah that false uh, sense of self that you're supposed to express that that manly image again I yeah. was dying inside he said I put on the mask when I came in and one of the my work colleagues I met him and he goes uh, there's a guy in there giving a talk on mental health and stuff and he says you know what I said to him Joe load of bull they're all the same he said this is the way you spoke to me right mm. but he said when you started speaking he said I felt something lift off me and he said I really connected with what you were speaking about you know and um, after you were finished speaking he said everything changed he said and I said do you mind me asking I said what's brought you to this point I said and I said how old he said I'm 54 years of age no this guy had a senior a senior position mm-hmm. he said you mightn't believe it when I tell you I said try me he said I'm being bullied I said you're being bullied he says, yeah, I'm being bullied. For the last six weeks, he said, and my head has been in absolute turmoil. And then coming into work every day, he said, I'm in bits and I'm having to deal with this. And uh, he said, that's when he came to a head this morning, where I'd had enough, he said. Aaron, and he said, Sorry, Joe, go on. And he said, I heard you this morning then. And he said, everything's after changing. Mm. And I said, look, um, I said, can I come? Can you can you come and see me this evening? He said, No, Jerry, I'm actually 
I'm actually okay, he said. Mm. I'm, I'm actually going out to phone my wife now, is what yeah. I'm doing, he said. Mm. So I said, anyway, I got to see him the following night. He came to see me privately, you know. Yeah. And uh, everything, everything changed. It's sad, or the man that hour of his life don't yeah. been bullied to the point where he actually yeah. wants out. Everything changed. He handed in yeah. his resignation two weeks later. Oh, yeah. I had no in contact with him. He's uh, in okay. a way better. Oh, my God, he's, he's in a different planet. Yeah. Yeah, We've become really good friends, you know. He's actually yeah. getting me in to give a talk to the company that he's well, in. Well, if he's listening, I wish him yeah, 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 but listen, there's another very important point to make about <coughs> what you're speaking about mm. there, about that bullying, like... Isn't there a form of company bullying as well, where companies actually use the actual term "managing them out" as well? Yeah. Is that not a form of bullying? Like, would you explain that to me? Managing them out is what companies do when they look at a thorn within a company, somebody that's maybe outspoken or something like that. Mm. And what they do is they make their life hell, basically. So that's yeah. relief. So they leave. Colin, basically. Yeah. So they'll. Like there's no easy way of talking about it. If you're not working for the new management within the company, and you're you you may be yeah. entitled to a redundancy or whatever. I don't mm. know how it works, no. but they will manage you. That's, will that's totally bullying. This is a very subtle, down, James, subtle, right? nasty yeah. version and of it. And it does happen, James. It's well, happening it's right actually, across the board. It is. It's actually bigger than you think. Yeah. It's it, like we could all speak about the invid- individual bu- yeah. bullying, but the obvious bit. It mm. actually starts at the top down. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, and and that could be. But should any organise any workforce as a reflection of the management as well? Like it is, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is, and I've come across, I've come across bullying. You've probably mm. come across, but um, I'll always step in. And I'd make no bones about it. If I was a black no belt, I'd step in too, Joe. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> Nothing to do with that. It's I know I'm It's joking. not about violence or aggression. It's about, about standing up, up for somebody yeah. and having somebody's back. And I've seen it. And I think watching somebody being bullied is very... Yeah. It's not nice. Like, no I've seen likes it. it. I've like. seen it with, with, with uh, foremen that were just, I would say, normal guys on, on, on the site. Yeah. And then they got the white hat. And then, then, the, then the stripe went on the shoulder. Oh, and then what happens is the ego takes over. Mm. And I'm not speaking on behalf of everybody, but in a lot of cases, that uh, they get lost in their own self-importance. I know that they have their little stripe on their right shoulder and their white hat that they believe and they think that they have the right to speak down to people mm. of any age group, for that matter. But I've come across where I've seen... I've, I was present when I saw two apprentices being severely bullied by two foremen. Go away with that. Uh, yeah, and I stepped in. I said, don't talk to them lads like that, I said. I said, I'm not listening to you speak to these kids like this. I said, they're 18 years of age, the young apprentices. I said, I wouldn't like it. I said, if my son came home and told me that she spoke to me like that. I said, you're talking down to them like they're bits of dirt. I said, treat them with respect. They're young guys that are learning their apprenticeship. Treat them with respect. I said, Mm -hmm. you know. I was called up to the office after that. What's going on inside you? I told him. And I said, you're bullying me. No, I said. I said, you're taking the back of the foreman, and you don't even know what happened inside, I said. But I said, I'm not having it. And I said, I'll go further about this. Mm. I'll go further about it. I'll go right to the top if I have mm. to. And if it means, no, I, I think you do the same, lads. You but can't think, stand by and see something no, that happening. An apprentice, they're very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They're very vulnerable because they're new, and they're very raw and, you know, ignorant or naive to the dynamics on the building side and the profession and all that. So they're relying on... All the lads more experienced to tell them what to do. 
So we've all seen the videos and stories of apprentices being taken to piss yeah. out of them. Sometimes that's funny, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But if you're the apprentice and caught up in that, you can see how that could go a step too far. Or you could see how, like, you would say, fuck that. I, I, I don't feel like being the brunt of the joke now mm-hmm. again today. Mm-hmm. And you fellas start dropping off, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I'd say a few fellas have got a few shocks as well from apprentices lashing back. Yeah, you know, I know. Thinking yeah. that certain young fellas are... What's the right word? Shitty asses, if that's yeah. the right word to say. That's fine, Next but all you, of a you sudden, get the point across in, in, yeah. in a respectful way. That's yeah. the point I'm getting to. Yeah. You know, then all of a sudden, the apprentice turns around and gives one of them a smack. Like, yeah. I've seen I've seen shit happen on site, like, yeah. and it would blow your mind, like. And mm. it doesn't matter what age people have to be. They could be any age, like, like you have an industry where men are very, very strong, yeah. right, physically, and there's a lot of strong egos from the top down to the yeah. bottom, you know, and if fellas are wronged in any way, mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. they feel intimidated, you know, both physically or, me- or, or vocally or whatever it may be, they will lash back, like, and it's yeah. usually by force. It's not like these other industries where you have people will go in and... See, go see, to HR they, and no, manager. And, like yeah. in a building site, if you go into HR or manager, like... You'll get a you'll get a bad name on the side for yeah. being fucking informed or whatever, like, mm. and you'll get caught. But like, what we're saying is, is like, you just have to be oh, careful. Cool, to like. it, is get killed, more, like. it is a bit more contained yeah. there than what it used to be. Yes. Than what it used to be. Like mm. all my years in construction, I saw a lot of things happen on sites mm. with fisticuffs and stuff. You know what so I mean? So like a dispute would generally end in a straightener. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that in a lot of occasions, yeah. you know. Mm. But the one one thing I would say about the construction industry is there's fantastic camaraderie. Yeah, let's get to the positives of it. You know, so, yeah. it's lunchtime, ten o'clock, and even <laughs> all the different nationalities that have come in into the construction yeah. industry today, for the most part, they're great lads, you know. And that we 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 would have all, and still do, get on well with one another, you know. Mm. And it's great again us as Irish people to embrace different nationalities and cultures mm. as well and welcome into the welcome them into the construction industry because there's a lot of talented um, guys out there that have come in from different countries as well to be fair to them would you know? be a lot of Polish a lot of Polish a lot of Lithuanian um, Latvia yeah Latvia uh, Portuguese Portuguese yes yeah. Romanians yeah. there's been a, a pile of Romanian yeah. Yeah, men yeah. come into the workforce and, and they've integrated well yeah and they're they're good I've seen it like and when people talk about Romanians there's a stigma around Romanian people as well we yeah. won't get into that here but yeah. there is but it's not like that like actually I've seen, it'd be great to get somebody yeah. a Roma person on the podcast if mm-hmm. anybody knows anybody that's from the Roma yeah. community brilliant but uh, and you, you know, know what the best no matter the good thing about the construction industry is if you're willing and able to do the job, mm. man, doesn't yeah. matter. I don't care if you have a lot of convictions. Yeah. I know now the higher up you go, that becomes yeah. a problem. But in general, if you want to come and work with me, I don't care what you've done in the past. Mm. Are, you, are you willing to do the job? Are you going to work hard? Are you reliable? Come on, I don't care about anything else. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a great. Like if, if I'm working with people in addiction and stuff and people that's coming from prison and they're trying to re- change their lives around, mm. like, the construction industry is the one industry where the door will be open from, like, and rightly so, yeah. Because everybody, everybody needs a second chance in life, yeah. And everybody needs a lift up in life, you know. But we're there for one another. We're all connected energetically, wise, mm. you know. And we should all be helping one another out. And the one thing I, I'd always kind of talk about is just try and be kind to one another, mm. yeah. No matter where you are, no matter Have what. Have a philosophy of be sound. Yeah. Be sound. If you're being sound by and life is much easier, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, but within the industry too, like 
it, it, the construction industry is like you know it's it's just it's just one of those industries like if you're either one way or the other yeah you know and it can be a very aggressive industry but most of the time like there's a great crack James mm. you know the 10 o'clock lunch the 1 o'clock lunch the crack in between the boys talking about the weekend who done what what happened there yeah. yeah. like that's, that's, that's the camaraderie you, that's when you might get your crack in you know like what? I was saying to yeah. start the crack is gone out of the, yeah. out of the yeah. jobs for a reason you know fellas know yeah. for the 10 o'clock they're on their phone and they stand there for one. Oh, yeah, I took a photograph of one of the jobs I was on and I took a photograph of the guys I didn't put it up anywhere or whatever mm. Every single one was on their phone. Mm. There was no interaction. That's sad. That is sad. That is sad, you know. It is sad because, fuck it, 10 years ago, I remember being on sites like and we used to sit around slagging like a having a bit of crack like mm. no the, the seriousness was still there like after the half, come on no boys pick up your socks like a half ten yeah. whatever but yeah. there was a bit of a, a, a buzz around it you know I but remember when I was a young apprentice painter uh, the fella I used to work for he was he was more for the hash like he was smoke hash do some bothering in the slightest now you know, some people they can get up in the morning and have a cup of tea and smoke a giant and go about their business or I wasn't one of them Mm. So we'd be on the way to work and he gave me the giant and yeah. I, I couldn't work. Come nine, ten o'clock, I'm sleep, sit, sitting on a fucking bucket of brilliant mice with my fucking head and my fucking <laughs> breakfast straw, you know what I mean? I'd be calm. Yeah. And, and like, like, it's not working out, James. Like no wonder it's not. Like, the breakfast roll is the biggest thing for the oh 10 o'clock God. lunch, yeah. the breakfast roll. And then you have the hot chicken roll for the 1 yeah, o'clock lunch and the bottle like of milk. It's another time know, then, the diet is great. Yeah, I know. Fellas yeah. mightn't even be hungry, but so they believe they still have to eat I the, think the breakfast roll. I think people are a bit more conscious these days with the, the breakfast roll. But another story I had from my limited time in the construction industry. I was in the throes of addiction out this time. <laughs> so, the, the st- but I, the, no, in the boom times, 2004 to 2008, 2004 to 2006, I'd say. <coughs> 2007 even I could get fired from a job and I wouldn't walk into a new job on a Tuesday you know 100 euros a day cash in hand top of the door oh, that's carry on but I'd be a great worker for 28 days and then i get my monthly script and yeah. then that'd be it and I could never keep a job for longer than a month mm. but I got one job there no Brian Brian and, Brian and Mickey the two painters before that? you go any further now you're probably going to let her off the door next week or Rowan will cut that out <laughs> but this uh, is all for entertainment purposes we're creators here yeah. but uh, I was working with Brian yeah. and Mickey the two boys are Paint contractors from Nakhnehini, Holly Hill, they give me a job for the goodness of their heart. So lovely, and yeah. Working first day in the job, I put diesel into Mickey's van. Oh, petrol into Mickey's diesel van. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good start, is it? And he, start, killed, yeah. he killed the boys then, because yeah. I was no. But she, I used to be stoned over my head in the mornings, you know. Yeah. Another day then, uh, I was after getting my script the night before, so I woke up the next morning, you'd be still out of it from the tablets, you know, full of D10s now in Rohypnal. The boys used to, anyway, had a smoke of a giant, so everything kicked back in. <laughs> oh, God. So I fell asleep, and in the side, I went into his van, fell asleep in the van, and Mickey comes over, he taps on the window, and I was like, he said, we call it a day, bye. I said, all right, bye, no bother. Yeah. And that was the end of that. I hold that story. So I hope, and Mickey I now will probably tell it a lot funnier, because he's a gas <laughs> man. He is, he's <laughs> a storyteller. Like, yeah. I went through so many painting, painters, I fucking stoned over my head in sight, like, Oh, I don't and eventually I just kind of gave up on it yeah. 
was, was so it cracked up. Walked, walked over for the better in the end, Great didn't story. it? I walked over for the better, yeah. but I liked painting because yeah. I don't know about it. There's something very mindful about painting. Yeah. Very therapeutic. You walk into a blank canvas, a blank room, and you leave it a couple of hours there, and the thing looks great. Mm. And you're after passing hours, and all you're thinking about is painting. Yeah. Mm. And even today, I still I don't mind painting. I do some foxes every now and then, and painting is grand old spot. I'll tell you one quick job. one about painting there, and we we go back into. I, we've stippled ceilings at home. Right? They're a nightmare, aren't they? But I didn't realise that when you paint a stippled ceiling, you paint it. I thought. I was painting it and there were still black marks and there were the shadows from the stipple that were coming down. I didn't know that. <laughs> I must have painted one ceiling, I'd say, at least seven times. Like, And I just got the fucking roll and I said, fuck this. I said, what the fuck is wrong with this? I'm in the height of addiction now at the same time. And I just threw the brush on the floor and the roller and I fucked off and I got someone else in to paint it. Talking to Brian then, I, was yeah. and I said, what the fuck is this story with the ceilings? Why do I want to... Why don't the stipple ceilings become white? I'm paint every white using white paint. It's just to me there's a shadow on stipple. Yeah. Do you know you can't see it unless it's just yeah. shadow and stipple. I said, what the fuck? I they painted a thing about seven <laughs> fucking. They were like stalactites or the stalactites. It's dying out, isn't it? Yeah. The stipple. Uh, and I'm I, getting I, dizzy I used, and all. Like. I was doing that many years ago. I actually stippled a woman's entire house, walls and ceilings. Oh, yeah, she thought it was the best thing ever. Oh, yeah. mm. But 1981, it was mad for it. everybody. Was G- mad for it. Gillian's mum's gaff up in Churchfield. They are not the outside of the house, and you're wrong, gaff. Yeah. Not the old Churchfield yeah. gaffs. The outside of the house is really badly stippled. Yeah, it's dash, a fucking yeah. nightmare to paint, boy. Yeah, How you fucking yeah. paint it? Eats the paint. There's it's about thirty yeah. layers of paint in my wall. It's very porous. Thirty easily, and we've distippled then in the inside the of the house. That, not good. And we just, I, yeah. I tell you what, no, it was coming towards the end of, of me doing up the gaff at the state time. Yeah. And I said, yeah. fuck that, no, we're yeah. going to that step. Well, look, lads, we digress. We yeah. come back. Yeah. How are you, Joe? I'm in great form. I'm in great form and uh, I'm even in better form now. Uh, bringing up this topic again this evening, lads, because you know it's very close to my heart. And, yeah. and Tim's to be fair because it needs to be put out there. Yeah. There's nobody talking about it. I've been banging on doors for years. Yeah. It was great to have Connor on board with us yesterday. It was absolutely brilliant. Mm, yeah. um, what we c- didn't touch upon, or we could have touched upon, maybe should have touched upon, but we can know is about about bringing speakers into sites, mm. um, and maybe they can implement that in their costing before they put their prices into these companies that they're going to get guys in to talk about mental health. Mm. Um, because we spoke about this when 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 they say mental health week and mental health day, that that is only one hour of one entire year. I know. That you're going to speak about mental health. But let's say there's 500 employees in a company. There's only going to be a percentage of those gets to hear somebody speak mm. about very, very important topics. But not just that, that about um, about tools that they can bring home, that they can work on themselves. And that's why I teach modern stress management, where I can show people techniques yeah. to work on themselves, which is hugely beneficial in talking about the coaching and and coaching people to implement different strategies in their in their daily routine to enhance their yeah. betterment, to be more positive within themselves because everybody's going to get up again. They're going to keep doing the same thing that they're always doing, like we spoke about a while ago, and you're not going to get any positive results out of it. Yeah. This is where the real mental strength comes in, that you have to really yeah. captivate. Yeah, and if you think about it, like if you're developing one Albert Key or the Dean or somewhere on the Docklands or a fucking apartment block on the Western Road, much does it cost between the salaries for all the construction workers, mm. the materials, everything, millions upon millions. 
mm. how much would it cost you to bring a speaker in? Fuck all. Nothing. In relation. In relation. In relation yeah. to millions and millions. Yeah. Mm. A couple of hundred euros, maybe a grand for yeah. an hour or two. If you, you know. Mm. But you could bring that speaker in at the beginning and record it, James. You know, at the beginning of the mm. site works and record it. And then when the next new trades come in, you could use it as part of the induction as well. You could. You could. Health. You could. Did you know that 30% of people that are out of work today is as a result of stress, depression and anxiety? Mm. 30%. Mm. Not just in construction. Uh, uh, Would that be higher than the physical size? Sorry, James. Right, fine. Would that be higher than the, the physical size? Oh, yeah. Size, hugely. Yeah. That's huge. Is way, ab- way above it. Is mm. stress, depression and anxiety... Is anxiety and depression and stress always linked? Like is, anxiety. Is, is stress the cause Anxiety creates depression. Mm. You start off with anxiety first, then the depression kicks in. Mm. You know? And, of course, that can stem from anything. But again, I believe that we're as a result of our past experiences mm. and it's the hurt and the trauma and the breakup of relationships and the financial issues and the substance abuse and things that have been done in the past mold us into who we are at that particular moment in our lives. And if you're not mentally strong, again, this way, I can't, I can't stop harping on about it. If you're not mentally strong, then you're going to cre- create anxiety yourself and mm. you're going to create depression yourself and you're going to dig a hole for yourself if you don't start to work on yourself because you must again take full responsibility for everything that's going on in your life and how you're feeling yeah because where will you be with a victim mentality nowhere pointing the finger but still in the depths of it when you take there's something very empowering about what you're saying like mm. it's like if i take response i know things bad things have happened to me and i was hard done by but pointing the finger and the blame at everybody else where's it getting me but if i can take responsibility for my part in it it's empowering because then you've control mm-hmm. to get out of it. And I, th- I always yeah. say, like, when I was in addiction, I was blaming my mum, my dad, and fucking yeah. the guards, <laughs> no the courts, everybody. Where where was it getting me? In the throes of it. But when you stop pointing the finger and you take responsibility, then you start to yeah. pull yourself out of it. But, you know, even what we're speaking about there, about people taking responsibility, a lot of people wouldn't know the philosophy of all those areas. They wouldn't know how by taking responsibility of their own actions and, and things like that, that that's that's a part of growth. Mm. You know, a lot of people aren't that's educated to that level. Tim. So like what we're trying to do here, the three of us and what we're talking about is how you could maybe educate people around all that. Well, and, I think and bring in the sites. Yeah, but I think for for people watching and listening yeah taking responsibility what I mean by that is like if you're unhappy with your life mm. stop complaining about it and stop yeah. stop saying like oh my sh- my, my boss is a mug or my husband is mm. annoying me or I hate me man Correct. my dad and yeah. fucking do something pick up the phone yeah. and action something yeah. and you'll get momentum and then you'll have change but, but a lot of people then too don't know like by as George said earlier on by always complaining and saying the poor me and feeling sorry for yourself you're actually creating your own reality yeah exactly you know, you're creating it all yourself you know, what follows the i am people what are, follows the i am people, people don't know about these things people don't know that they're actually creating their own reality in the present moment mm-hmm. by fucking visualizing a future that's completely shit where they're always the bad person that's been done by yeah. you know by someone else are and then the poor me's and all this shit like you're creating the reality of yeah. what you're explaining or what yeah. you're saying as we said you're spot on Tim as we said in the last podcast if you don't heal the pain from the past you will bleed all over your future mm. 
the past is in the past. It doesn't exist anymore. Maybe at an energetic level yeah. and at an emotional level because this is where all the trauma is today, that we carry the, the trauma from the past through energy connections and from the emotional content that we have. Mm. So our thoughts create our feelings, our feelings create our emotions and our emotions create our vibrational frequency. So what you're vibrating at any particular time indicates your innermost feelings. So if I was to say to you, James, how are you feeling? How are you feeling now? I'm actually feeling very good. Feeling good, right. Mm. So if I ask you another day, sure, I'm actually feeling down and not too good, then your vibration is low. Mm. So your vibration is an indicator of your feelings. Your feelings are the guideposts to your understanding. Know and accept them. Mm. If you're not feeling right, well, then you need to do something about it. Otherwise, you're going to go into the dullness of despair. And how do you pull that? How do you pull yourself out of it? By being proactive and saying, you know what? I'm going to dust myself down and I'm going to start doing something mm. right now for myself because nobody else can do it for me but me. Yeah. Yeah. Get up off your backside yeah. and start doing it. 100% and I agree with Joe, 100% right. But there's also another thing why Joe was saying there is when you do feel like that, you know, and you are down, instead of questioning it and trying to figure out in your own mind what it is, you know, just try to surrender into it and accept it and say, right, I'm feeling like that. And there's growth in that. Mm. There's growth in sur mm. surrendering into mm. the way you're feeling and Massive. acceptance. Massive growth. And when that happens, then, when you accept whatever way you're feeling at that moment, James, right, George, you know, it's it, 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 it stops. It's a serene it feeling. It's energy. Jorab speaks about the emotional side, the energy side of whatever it is. That energy is based on an experience from the past that yeah. you probably don't even know what it could have happened when you were two or three. Mm. It might have been fear or shame or guilt. Mm. You're right, and and that's coming up now in the present moment, but you haven't got the memory mm. of of that happening. But if you surrender into it and feel it and feel that energy, no matter how bad it feels or no matter what's going up here. You're going to grow, you're mm. going to heal yourself, and the next time that thought that comes up that brings on that energy, as George said, right, the strength of that emotion won't have the same strength yeah. it did last week and it or pass. the week before. Do you know, for people less watching and listening, have you any uh, books or videos or YouTube videos or anything like that that you could suggest for people to read or watch or listen to that they could find as self help? What has helped you? I, I said it on the last video The yeah. Power of Positive Thinking Norman Vincent Peale The Secret Book was a great book to start off For anybody that's, that's not very familiar With what we're speaking about yeah. It will really give them a good insight Into how our minds work Basically But it's very very simplified The Secret by Rhonda Byrne mm. I'd, 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 uh, Good introduction Endorse that all day long you know. Yeah. Mm. I really would But there's some incredible stuff on YouTube, Eckhart Tolle, for instance, mm. there's so many positive videos out there, so there's no excuses for anybody to work on their mental strength today. Look, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, because if you're if you've got the same routine all the time, yes, it will be difficult. But look, how many how many years are you going to be on this planet for? Mm. You know, what's your what's your purpose in life? What's your introduction to humanity? What are you going to give back? It's not all about take. You know, start learning, start being proactive again. Start teaching yourself. And always remember, if you feel yourself complaining, you know, um, how do I put it? I'm at the losing my trail of thought. If you, feel yourself, if you feel that you're wasting your breath complaining about life at times, always remember, 
somebody out there has taken their last. Mm. Yeah, that's true. We've a lot of good quotes, Joe. We'll have to get you up in the wall eventually. We've <laughs> yeah. a lot Just of good quotes. Like and that's a fact, right? There's an awful lot of people complaining yeah. about the smallest little things yeah. that are obviously very significant to some people, but when you really put things into context, they're very small. Mm. Minimalistic compared yeah. to what some people are. And again, it goes back to an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. Just be grateful for what we have in our lives. And just going back to this, what George said about Akir Tolle, you spoke about books. Yeah. You know, just bring it back. That's the most important book, I'd say, of, of the decade. Power of Yeah, I think so. Because it just, this he just explains it so simply, in every way possibly, it's just about the present moment. You have no ever, you have no other moment in life. You haven't got next week. You haven't got the only moment you have is now, and you have no problems in the now. Mm. You have a problem next week when you're thinking of the future. Yeah. You have a problem last year when you're thinking of the past. You know, when you're in the present moment and you're washing the wear consciously, you're having a conversation that's consciously. That's mindfulness. Yeah. Then that brings you into a place. You're in the present moment. Yeah. That's, that's the that only place you ever need else. to be. But there is, he's right in what he's saying, there's only one yeah. moment, and that is the now. That's all, this is all that matters. This is the most important hour in my life. Mm. Nothing yeah. else matters outside of this now, this yeah. moment yeah. of now. Yeah. Since I, I sat here, James, yeah. in this chair, I've had this energy rush coming up through my whole body, straight up like this yeah. moment. I just had to kind of tune out yeah. a small bit, because my energy is very, very strong, because... I'm completely conscious here now with mm. Tuvi and, and Rowan and Gillian messing on her phone. Um, <laughs> okay, um, she's tweeting us. Yeah, but like, it's, it's your wife actually to me. Tell her I said hi. Tell her I said hi and tell her. Tell dinner, I'll only be half an hour. I'm only messing. But you know what I was thinking? There's me being feminist again. Do you know what I was thinking? you was talking. Like, we're, we're blessed to be able to sit around the table like this and talk like this, you mm-hmm. know, considering mm-hmm. where we used to be, you know, in terms yeah. of mental health, suicide, yeah. addictions, you know, ill health as well, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to come through that and still kind of, like, we'll always be working in progress, like, but, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to sit around in our own new studios, it's you know It's incredible, mean? and it's Fucking a testament hell. to you, lads, and, and the backing yeah. of... Of your your spouses and and Ron yeah. and everybody that's put their input into this is just and the followers that done. donated the money yeah for us to that's, make that's and and it wouldn't have happened that wouldn't wonderful. have happened uh, if we if we didn't have the Patreon yeah. and the patrons who yeah. who, who help us out they pay for everything people here. out there you know yeah. it really is you know. but just getting back to the to the mental health and the construction if you don't yeah. mind um, we spoke about this yesterday we we just tipped on it slightly about the toolbox talks yeah and every site has them. Um, but I was honest in what I said yesterday. I don't think I was ever present at a toolbox talk where mental health was brought up. They're talking mm. about the health and safety on site and everything else that goes with it. But mm. again, hopefully that the right people will hear this podcast or view it um, regarding toolbox talks in the future. That it has to be mandatory that you have to speak about mental health and people's emotional states on site and ask them individually, how are you doing? Everybody on site, that's the, everybody that comes to a toolbox talk. How's everybody doing, lads, mentally? How are things outside in your home? Is it, if there's any issues, come up and talk to me. Even if it's the foreman or one of the lads talking, I know they're not trained in it. And this is another road that we may go down because we spoke about uh, mental health for staters. Are they very competent in what they're going to do going forward? 
Do they have the right credentials? Do they have the right um, attitude? Do they have the right compassion? Do they have the right empathy? Do they have the right answers for somebody on the day? And if they don't, well, then pass it forward to somebody that does, you know. But the most important thing is that there is change, that there is mental health first aid. There's no on sites, which is fantastic. But I'd like to see it more prevalent going forward on every single site. Like we spoke yesterday, the safe talk is something that's done for people as a suicide awareness. Yeah. So you can identify signs and symptoms. And then the assist training is suicide intervention. So now you can identify the signs and symptoms and now you're equipped to actually go in and intervene and de-escalate the situation and bring someone out of that, you know, breaking point moment, you know. I could take one more. Yeah. I could take one more to shift yeah. the guy's mm-hmm. trail of thought. Are you okay? To, to take him take himself from doing something yeah. nasty or mm. you know just take him out of that negative frame of mind that he may be in it's just just show a little bit of compassion to one another guys mm-hmm. out there you know yeah. yeah and even bringing it back a little bit there about uh, the health and safety officers that are on site health and safety officers have to do a degree level eight degree to get to where they are you know if you were to bring a health and safety officer or a mental health officer or something to that nature into a site you know, maybe the equivalent of something like that, you know, a counsellor, some form of counsellor or psychotherapist or something like that, the equivalent of something like that, they'd be able to really help people in the right yeah. way and approach it in the right manner because of their yeah. own studies yeah. and, and you know, whatever, practical, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's a great point. And look, there is some fantastic companies out there, mm-hmm. um, Dornan's Engineering, I gave an international talk for them going back two weeks ago. It was absolutely fantastic. What a fantastic firm. You know, they, they know mm. all about this, about the importance of mental health for their company. And again, I take my hat off to them. Also, PJ Hegarty's tomorrow. I have several talks for PJ Hegarty's. They've had my back for the last couple of years because, again, they know the importance and the benefits that the lads get out on site. Yeah, listening to somebody like me or, or somebody else, for that matter, that is going in there talking about uh, mental health. Yeah. Hugely beneficial. To the site, to the mm. company. Yeah. It's massive. That's brilliant. Yeah. Shout out to Chloe as well from Dornans. Yeah, yeah. and best of mm. luck with them talks, Joe. Thanks very much. Would you give us any closing comment? Any closing comment? Yeah, maybe anything at all. I gi- I'll let you close us mm. off. Yeah, I'll say what I said a while ago again, and I think it's, it's hugely important, and it will get guys thinking, and I want everybody, if they choose to, is to write it down, stick it up on their wall, and it goes like this. If I always do what I've always done, I will always get what I've always gotten. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Very good. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. See you later, lads. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, cool.